Welcome to Leadership Reimagined. I'm Dr. Jane Lovis, your host. During each episode of Leadership Reimagined, we take a look at leadership from the vantage point of what it's going to take for leaders to lead their organizations forward into a new future. And in this episode, we're creating that new future. Today, I'm, I'd like to introduce Keith Murley. Keith is the CEO at Mappin, where they provide technology guidance and solutions for small businesses through medium-sized enterprise clients. Keith spent 12 years as a technologist and IT manager at private companies, which has provided him with a unique understanding of the true inner workings of business, rather than solely from an outside relationship. And he's had the chance to spend time with data entry staff, day laborers, all the way up to the C-suite, which, Keith, I, I can say, that gives you a real unique <laughs> vantage point. Yep. So founding the company with this unique perspective sets them apart from their competition. So join Keith and I as we chat about how building a client experience-focused business means hiring client experience-focused employees. Yeah, that was, that was, <laughs> what? was a tongue twister. <laughs> yeah, but how unique. Hire right. the type of clients that are employees that you want to provide the service for to your clients. They can They exist. They can right. be found. Do not settle. Oh, yes, that's so important. And then we're going to look at the importance of discovering your technology gaps and potentials ahead of another pandemic business crisis or the one we're all hoping for, business growth, right? So welcome, Keith. Thanks, Jane. Yeah, this is amazing. Um, with that intro, I, I think we can wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. And and as I said before, when I read, you know, about the technologist background and, and then being a business owner, I thought, ah, very similar backgrounds. Um, so, so what... What do you think that background really gives you? Yeah, I think one of the benefits that it gives is having that real-world experience working with team members, working with employees, um, understanding what it's what it feels like, just that intangible where if there's deadlines from other departments or other departments are struggling, even if it isn't your own department, you feel it. And and you also have the desire to pitch in because these are your teammates, these are your colleagues, and it gives you that much more motivation. So I think having that behind the scenes or uh, view that you really, no matter how much you connect on a consulting level, you're really only dealing with a small group of people because unfortunately they don't pay you to socialize a terrible amount. <laughs> and I, I would, I would love that. I would love the hours, but, but really when we're on site or even doing remote sessions, there's only so much time that we can have. And so we tend to interact with people for a specific pro, uh, project or initiative. And that, that was honestly something I would, I would never trade. Um, you know, and, and you also develop that true camaraderie with, with your company and, and with the team there. And you get to see things grow in a much different way, especially as you're putting in processes, you start seeing all the behind the scenes activities that go on through the other departments. 
And quite frankly, those other departments don't hesitate to come right to you and say when something is, is wrong because because you're part of the team. You're, right. you're essentially that family. Yeah. You know, I, I, I look back at that same thing where when you're, when you're consulting and you've been on the backside, on those teams that are being impacted by what so, another team is doing, and, you know, it seems like nobody's looking at what you're doing and, and their work is impacting your work, and now you're on the front side and you're the one kind of helping to cause that impact, just being aware that, okay, we need to make sure that you're talking and you're in communication with these all these other teams about what's happening here in your space because it impacts everyone. Oh, without a doubt. And I think there's even a more or organic transition of thoughts and ideas. Mm-hmm. And sometimes what, what happens on the consulting side, and, and we try to avoid this as much as possible, is getting to decisions based on cost or based on how much we're paying these consultants. So we can't have endless debate or we can't have endless conversation because we're paying these people to be here. And sometimes you end up you end up with the wrong solution simply because you don't have enough time and that's so having that background experience how i've constructed and architected our service delivery really takes all of that into consideration to say it's not an exact a to b model in terms of this is what we're proposing this is how it's going to be implemented and this is how it's going to be delivered and supported that there's a lot more fluidity there mm-hmm. and, and we even reflect that in, in our contract language on, to put our skin in the game as well and, and that's what you have to do when you're working for a private company your skin is in the game with really anything that you do yep and once your skin in the game is is truly in the game and your clients know that it gives you a whole different relationship with your clients too yeah and i think they tend to be more open and even more excited about doing it because because they know that they're not going to be abandoned or when challenges come up they know that we're going to sit down at the table down at the table to figure out what our next path is as opposed to punting it to them and saying all right well this is a delay or hang up on your side sorry we're on to the next client yeah (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I've, I've been there kind of on both sides of that. And, you know, it's, it's like, however you can, whatever you can do to avoid having something like that. And the biggest part of it is having conversations and really being willing to listen. Yes. And that's, that's what I think, you know, when, when you were talking about, you know, hiring the right people, you know, hiring your employees that have that client experience, and now they're moving over to another side. They remember when they were the client. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's such a great point, because I I had so many thoughts just come to my head. But yeah, the the reality is, people take take pride 
in what they do. They take pride in actually delivering the proper service. And, and that's where listening comes in because back when I first got into IT, it was very much IT says, this is what we're using. This is what we're doing. That's what we're doing. And that's where you had the, the stereotypical server room IT guy who didn't want to talk to you, didn't want to open up the door. He's in the server room and, and, you know, you just, you don't, you you know, you, you barely wanted to ask him for a password reset because he, you were essentially going to get scolded at some point for breaking the system or you didn't do it this way. Or yes, that's a valid fact of how this is hindering your business, but tough luck will maybe some, some, you know, at some point down the road, we'll look at it or we'll look at replacing you. And now what it's, what it's come to is department heads are very, are, are able to articulate their needs and say, we need, we have a great process in place, but we need the technology to just help it, help grow it. So, mm-hmm. you know, don't have us do another process or another software. We just need something that flows here. And that's, that's where it comes to finding a team who's quick to listen and just really listen and and who also isn't afraid to say hey guys maybe we need to maybe we need to not talk tech right now we need to not talk solutions let's just map out what the goal is what is the challenge versus saying oh yeah i can i can solve this nebulous discussion or challenge here's here's a piece of software and and you you quite uh, rapidly find out that okay now our problem is even worse because that doesn't work and and people don't I, I found people don't have challenges telling you what is wrong and what is causing them a lot of time and to be a good consultant and I would say to be a good anything in the business world is take that as a blessing that someone actually views you as a resource to help solve their solution, which is why they're telling you about all their problems. If they didn't, and this is just, you know, my opinion and my take is if somebody didn't believe that you have the ability to understand or do something about their problems, they wouldn't even tell you. They would just get, you know, say yes and move on or now everything's fine. Mm -hmm. And, and so it's really a blessing that people open up to you and, and, and it should be taken as such and, and, and listen, and people are also more apt to respond positively to a solution, a recommendation, if they actually believe that you've heard them, it it just, it it gives them a more open mind as opposed to if, if they think you're just hearing just to be able to answer them or just to point them in another direction, they, they have that almost initial, apprehension against whatever you're recommending because they believe that you you just didn't hear me. Right. And this works in any business for any, whether you're a technology company putting in technology or, you know, you're, you're selling widgets. Right. When your customer feels listened to that you have really heard them and have a solution they then have a tendency to trust your solution because they feel like oh they got me 
Right. And I, I think that's, that's something that even car dealerships are finally coming around to versus when I come to the car lot, don't try to sell me whatever the promo is or whatever you're trying to move off the lot. When you hear that, you know, I want something economical and you bring me over to this great Hummer that's great all off-road and stuff. It's like, all right, you, you, you're clearly not listening to anything I'm saying. So right. I'll right. just, I'll just plow my own uh, path here. Yeah. And and, and that's unfortunately, you know, the auto industry has one of the stereotypically the, you know, it's like nobody goes back to the same auto dealership to buy and to buy a second car. It's like, oh, right. let me go try somebody else. Right. And, you know, what what you're talking about is creating those customers for life. Yes. Yeah, and, and giving something that they they they're not expecting, um, and, and that helps cement that loyalty. And so, if somebody goes into experience, whether it's going to a, a a car dealer, and they expect somebody to ask them what type of car they're looking for, or somebody to ask this, that, and the other thing, one of the first questions that they might ask which was one you just pointed out is where'd you get your last car from? You got it from maybe this place. Is there a reason that, that you didn't go back there? And all of a sudden it, it creates this change in you that, wow, they're not even talking cars yet. They're trying to understand what, what happened in my past experience. And, and it's interesting when you look for those, those small ways of exceeding their expectations as generic as that sounds, but it's, it's easy to do, but it's sometimes difficult for companies to apply because they don't realize how much of a difference it makes. And, and one of the things that we do at, at the end of our projects by creating this very well-documented project overview at the completion of the project, it usually isn't expected or expected at that level. But then when clients get it, it reinforces with them that you're really in it for the bigger experience and the next experience with them. And, and it's mm-hmm. not just a set it and forget it type of approach. It, right. Cause how often have you, you know, you get, get to the end of whatever it is and it's bye. See us later. Call us. When you, <laughs> <have> a, you know, <laughs> right. And, and I remember um, being in working private it. One of the things that we would do when we'd set up somebody's new laptop, just a simple thing or a new employee, we'd have a welcome letter from the technology department saying, Hey, welcome Jane. Here's your laptop and included a brief summary in a letter form of this is what we've done on your system. Here's your default printer. Here's your phone number. And what stood out to them is they expected a a welcome letter from HR or from the owner. Mm -hmm. They don't expect it from the technology team. And that helps set the trend of, Wow, these guys! These guys are on my side. They've they've actually thought about me on that level. Such a simple thing. That's the magic of really in the broader picture, taking care of your customers, taking care of your clients. It's really the sim- simple things, because most people go somewhere else because they haven't felt heard. Right. Absolutely. I mean, the point that you brought up about the car was fantastic because it actually made me think back and I have never got a car from the same dealership. 
I, I never thought about that until now, but <laughs> that's, a bit, but that's a, that's a fantastic point. And it almost lends this idea in my head that car dealerships are designed that way. It's a one hit wonder. And then when you get the next car, don't even go back to your other one. You're, and, and that's a, that's a really great point that you brought up. Yeah, it was, it surprised me because I've done the same thing. We, you know, over the years we've bought cars number of cars you know for kids and you know and and stuff and we've never gone to the same place twice (laughs) i mean i'm actually quite perplexed that's why through our conversation it was spinning in my in my head a little bit saying is that really true i've never gone back to the same place twice and no it's it's interesting and how often did you get a call from the dealership that you bought a car from <laughs> or a year later got a, you know, <laughs> I mean, right. you, you meet, you meet a real estate agent at a networking event and you're on their mailing list for the rest of your life. Right. <laughs> and, I, and, <laughs> and I've got some, some great friends that are, but you know, yeah. their right. whole focus is, to stay in connect, yeah. contact with you because, and, and I don't know, maybe, maybe there's some differences in the decision-making process, but I don't think so. Um, because statistically, people actually buy a house about every seven to eight years. Hmm, you know, there's there's a lot of people that that don't, and a you know, so sure. these are kind of the generic statistics that that a friend of mine who's in real estate was sharing with me, and so by by keeping in contact, and to, in today's world, it's very easy to stay in contact with somebody. Oh, I mean, one one of the thoughts that 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 came to my mind and it's happened several times is people from my past life or previous positions, they've, they've moved on, moved on into different organizations and that, and they've hit it roadblocks or it challenges. And even when it wasn't their departmental responsibility to deal with it, they've reached out to me through LinkedIn and said, Hey Keith, I'm not sure what you're doing, but this is the situation that we're facing is there some advice, some guidance that you might be able to give us, or is this something that you might be able to help us with? And it was based on a relationship that was forged a long time ago. And they saw the the type of character and really the the type of approach. And by, and that's why I I love LinkedIn. And I hope, I, I really hope it stays true to its original blood of networking and keeping in touch with people because you, you'll typically see something in a feed and say, Oh, that's right. I have been dealing with this issue. And I saw Jane posted about something completely different, but your name popped into my head yep. and said, Oh, okay. Let me reach out to her. Yeah. That's, I, that's the same way because as you say, you know, people have moved on to other positions and stuff and, and it is easy to lose track of someone. Yes. And, by having, you know, connections on LinkedIn, there is the way with those, those folks that, you know, maybe they worked in another department, especially like, like you were saying, they worked in another department, but I supported them. 
they remember that. Yes. And they come back and. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because I, I also use it as a learning opportunity because as they get into different positions or different industries, it allows me to have a conversation with them, not even about tech related or, Hey, can I do some work for you? It's, Hey, what is this industry like? You know, how has it been transitioning, say, from healthcare to energy or mm-hmm. healthcare to logistics or manufacturing, whatever it is? You know, what are what are some of the challenges that are brand new to you? And you know, I always love hearing those those transition stories and likening certain certain events or certain activities. And really, there's there's so many commonalities between all industries and and client experience which is why i'm glad that we're having this conversation is it can blanket everything yeah a lot of these services a lot of like what you do and a lot of what i do is really industry agnostic you know there's some you know pieces of it that are very specific to an industry but when you can when you understand the majority of what your clients are going through, they can, they then can and are willing to educate you on what they specifically need. Because even within the same industry, people have different needs. Oh, well, yeah, without a doubt. And a lot of that comes down to company culture and what, uh, and we, we talk about the technology side of things. There's some companies that are, that really like to be, self-sufficient train the trainer so train us and we'll do things and then other companies they very much want that deep connection with their employees and that really strong hand-holding right and they're, they're looking to accomplish the similar objective but some of them just want they just have a, a slightly different approach or or, right. or their their culture and i would talk when I came to Colorado from New York, there's, I would say, a, 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 right, a huge, huge difference. I mean, New York is get it done, get it done. And I mean, there's, there's just a lot of push of, I don't care who you have to get involved, how many people you have to call, how many times you have to call, we want this done. And, and in Colorado, it's, it's a much different approach for the most part of companies that, ebb and flow a little bit more. Uh, they understand that, hey, we want to go out to the mountains too this weekend. So let's let's pick this up tomorrow, right? <laughs> or let's <laughs> let's not really try to push the schedule or or something like that. And and it's it's different. And there's there's a benefit to both those approaches. And you just have to you have to rely on your ability to to understand when to use each one and you know sometimes i would say in colorado or in the midwest sometimes they the clients look out for you maybe too much when you have to hold yourself over the fire a bit more and say i I really appreciate that you're that you're taking uh, taking my life into consideration but let let me do this for you because this is the right thing to do Uh that type of stuff great yeah 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 that's and that talk about difference in cultures, you know. So being able to to move back and forth in those cultures 
And and now I just wanted to take a minute because you know we're we're in this we're in this flux and we're possibly seeing the light at the end of the tunnel for the pandemic and the 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 shutdowns and it 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 you know it's like a train going over bumps it gets brighter and and then dims a little bit but you know for companies there're going to be some technology gaps coming out there's some some new ways you know we've band-aided a lot of things as uh, over the last year and what what are you looking at and seeing or sharing with your clients for them to be aware of and look for well i i like the the band-aiding because that's absolutely what has happened a lot over the past year and in fact a lot of companies have been using gold-plated band-aids for for these problems. So very, very, very expensive solutions that were rolled out from necessity. And our desire and really our obligation from the technology side is let's t- let's take a time out. Let's see what you've invested in. Let's see what needs to stay. Maybe what needs to change because. In this day and age with technology, you're not married to it forever. So yes, you may have invested a lot in remote work, and but don't let that change your com- your company culture unnecessarily. Meaning, if you've invested in all new laptops and docking stations and home setups and all that, if that's not your company culture and that's what you don't want it to be in the future, is everyone fully remote? Don't pigeonhole yourself because you you spent a lot of money on the solution. You know, we can we can remove that golden bandaid and actually melt some of that gold down and give it back to you. (laughs) 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 We don't have to throw the bandaid out. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what I'm most excited to do is just help everyone regroup. Let's, let's see the good things that came out of the pandemic from the remote virtual. There's a lot of good things and let's see the things that are, that are just not cost efficient or really don't support your overall company culture or company vision. And let's, let's pivot away from that. And one of the things that we did as a result of this pandemic and wanting to give back is we implemented this pro bono technology service offering. And it's the first one in the U S I might even say the world, but in the U S where it's, pro bono technology services for small companies across the board because because the disheartening thing through the pandemic is we all saw businesses close that really could have used some technology they just didn't have the money for that guidance a lot of it was the Mm. guidance and knowing where Mm. to spend money and they were just trying to keep things together and this is this is an absolute fantastic way to help bring your company out of the pandemic, make it more competitive, make it more appealing. And it could be a website or something like that. And it's really the, the lifeblood small business. And even though nonprofits need a lot and that, but we see how much help some of these smaller companies, what they can use and how they can benefit from it and help them, help them grow. And it's, it's really exciting to, to be able to do this because these programs are really meant to push them 
in the right direction or after a significant event like this, help reorient their direction, get them on that path and then, and then help them. Oh, that's, that's fabulous. When I heard about that you were doing this pro bono work, I thought that that's amazing because we really lose something as a country when we don't have all these small businesses and when we, because the possibilities that come out of those small businesses, you know, who knows what the next big thing is going to be. And, or just the impact to a community for the community businesses, because community businesses impact different than a large company that comes in and, and puts a, um, you know, a service industry in, in that arena, that community. And so, so keeping that is, is really important to the, to the country, to our country as a whole. Yeah. And it made me think of, you think of pro bono legal services where you're essentially potentially saving someone's life or livelihood and, and they saw the benefit of, of giving back that service. And what we noticed through the pandemic is technology was a game changer. Mm-hmm. If you had the ability to either implement what you currently have or go out and purchase it. And unfortunately, just like you alluded to, some of these companies didn't get loans. They didn't qualify. They're just so cash strapped that just a bit of direction, a bit of technology implementation could have made that difference between them shuttering their their doors versus being able to, to pedal along just a little bit more to get themselves going yeah, and and hearing about the, you know these long time uh, long established businesses in New York that have all gone under and it's and it's just it changes the whole energy in the area it changes the energy of other small business owners who are going through similar things when they see their peers going under mm-hmm. it it it, I would say it adds stress to them as well because you're seeing people go under that were competitors of yours or maybe in a different industry you saw them around and it and it really highlights the likelihood of the challenges that you face and what we're also hoping to do with companies who have somehow made it through the pandemic and they might be battered and bruised and licking their wounds and everything using some of these services to really reestablish that foundation again. Mm get them back on a solid foundation. Right. Cause right. like you said, they're just, they're so wobbly yeah. right now. Yeah. They, yeah. they need to stabilize the foundation and then they, right. that's yeah. amazing. And, yeah. And, and just by having that directed technology strategy focus and what I told you, one of the things that, that sets us apart is we do have a great balance between strategy and execution. So it's not just that we come in and talk a lot of great, motivational approaches and direction it's these are things that we're going to implement for you as well Mm. yeah because that's a real difference because you know you can if you don't know how to execute on the strategy right it doesn't matter what your strategy is right so you you need that the balance between the two so that's that is really great yeah. Um, and and we hope and we hope through that, through us doing it, that more companies are going to do it. More of our software and hardware partners who do have programs for nonprofits, that they'll start expanding the same way to 
to regular small businesses as well. So we're hoping that we can help motivate and encourage because it's, I mean, it's certainly bigger than we could take on ourselves. Right. Well, I acknowledge you for that. And we'll, you know, we're getting the word out through this. So hopefully yep. somebody will take it on for themselves or, or reach out to you and say, what are you doing? What does, what does this look like? You Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. Um, so, Michael, any last things? How can you believe that, that our time's almost done? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm just warming up my vocals here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think um, really just just not settling, not being complacent, whether that's on the hiring, whether that's what, what you're doing for your job, if you're unhappy in your position, that there's so many ways. There's so many ways to connect. There's so many ways to improve your skill set. We are in a fantastic country. There's a there's a there's, there's a lot of potential, and and I would say looking each day for something small that you can do to improve, and don't hesitate to reach out. And just like we've been able to do here, mm-hmm. is you're able to connect with people that are across the country across the country in different capacities, different experiences. And for me, even having this conversation with you is hugely inspirational, motivational. My, my (laughs) thoughts get going and it's, you you can't put words on, on experience like that. Right. That's yeah. That's one of the things. That's one of the reasons I do these conversations. One, it's for the two of us, it gets, you know, those thoughts moving and then for people listening to it it's like oh uh, you know absolutely. i never thought about that so it's absolutely keeping these conversations going yes so michael thank you and um you wanted to mention that if anyone's interested in um some pro bono um yes. for a, a small business owner that's real that's struggling to reach out to you and so where yeah, you, they reach out to you yeah so the best way is if you go on our website, mapen.com, M-A-A-P-P-E-N.com, there's a pro bono IT section, which shows our current services that are pro bono, and it'll give you a description of each. There's a link there that you can follow to complete your application, so we can get that, review it, help out. And then also on LinkedIn, you could find me, Keith Murley. You're always welcome to connect. Like I say to most people, if you're if you're trying to connect to sell me some software or sell me something, at least make a proper intro and get to know me first before you try selling me something. <laughs> great, <laughs> great, yeah, and and we'll share that on you know on the notice too. Um, but thank you, Keith. This has been a fabulous conversation. I've really enjoyed our time together. Yeah, it's been a real pleasure, Jane. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining us this week on Leadership Reimagined. Now is the time to reimagine your leadership. Take a minute and go to reimagineyourleadership.com and I'll call you. We'll have powerful conversations. You'll take action. Yes, there are always actions to take. Your business will expand and I guarantee you'll have fun at the same time. I know, shouldn't it be fun? If it's not fun, why are you doing it?